0: And now, you are listening live. The Smoking Musket Podcast.
1: Bogodders, welcome to the Smoking Musket Podcast. We have a game to preview. It's football season. It finally. <laughs> We've been spoiling you this week, all this content, this is the third pod related thing we've released in like three days, but it's all for you, listener, it's for you. So, recording from behind Emmy lines in Western PA, I'm David Smith, an editor, editor at smokymusket.com at Smithfire13 on Twitter, and joining me tonight, of course, Bart Keeler, Bartimus Prime on Musket, at BartimusPrime19 on Twitter. Bart, is game week, How's it feel? It feels good
2: really good to have something to look forward to that is so, uh, realizable.
1: Yes. It's nice (laughs) that like like we have been sitting here just waiting for week one for months, literally.
2: And like, I feel, I don't feel weird for having, you know, my WVU Nike team polo, uh, wearing that all week. I don't feel weird, you know, having my, office cubicle decked out in west virginia paraphernalia and whatnot just because it's like look it's college football season finally it's a holiday but like literally i had i was trying to explain to people like what my plans were this week and i was like well i'm going to the falcons game the preseason game on thursday so from about seven o'clock thursday until really uh next thursday my weekend will be consumed with football
1: yes listener hopefully you have Quite the smorgasbord of activity on your schedule as well. I uh, believe, yeah, like you said, believe football. I mean, it's already technically started, but it kicks off sort of like unofficially again. Hey, that North Dakota State- Charleston Southern game wasn't bad to watch. It's good stuff, but for this weekend, that is. <laughs> uh, like I think, it, like I think it starts on Thursday, and then on Friday is like K-State at Stanford. Yeah, All that that, that
2: actually is going to be a decent game. I think
1: we'll talk about those later, but we'll Friday night on,
2: doesn't. Right. Suck.
1: Yes, definitely not. But if you have not listened to our uh, season preview for 2016, I suggest you do. And that includes our new series of Smoking Musket podcast preview videos that I would definitely uh, suggest that you check out. We might do one here, like at the beginning of the Big 12, slate, like kind of give everybody a little bit of breathing room whenever it came to the videos. But we're going to keep on doing weekly audio uh, podcasts. And so look for that every week. And for the headlines this week, first off, number one, part one, we're just going to go over the headlines, uh, show you, at least like tell you like a little bit of the stuff going into this game weekend. Part two, we have Brendan Anthony of the Mizzoucast to come on and tell us about his Missouri Tigers. And then part three, we go over, Bart and I ourselves, West Virginia's face-off against Missouri on Saturday at noon in Morgantown. So, first, part one headlines is there anything we really need specifically to go over holgerson had a press conference today i guess he said a few things that was fun i suppose
2: uh, yeah, uh i mean he didn't say anything we didn't know um 10 freshmen are gonna dress for the game i don't think that's incredibly crazy um he expects most of the juco players to play
1: yeah that's about it yeah, yeah that's t- pretty much it yeah. um the only like whenever he listed off like that long like name of 10 freshmen, he said specifically that Candy McCoy, who is was a running back, yes, would play. And so that's interesting to just know that he's going to be in the mix somewhere in the backfield. Um, he also said none of those guys, like none of those freshmen are starting. And he said that that would be – that's the main problem, whenever you have those guys right. starting. But depth-wise, that's where they should be. And he said that it sucked preparing for a new coach, which is true.
2: Well, I yeah, it sucks because – You've got this Josh Heupel guy who's their new offensive coordinator coming from some schools that actually had the system he wants to run in place going into this Missouri team that's not really used to scoring points. Yeah, he was at Oklahoma (laughs) forever. Yeah. Literally forever. He played there and I think he just started coaching there immediately after. Um, Let's see. Brendan Fern had surgery and Drayvon Askew-Henry will be getting his soon. Good luck to both of those guys. Uh, Surgery's not fun. I've had Two knee surgeries—they're just—they—they they're, kind of suck.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> so have fun I mean, with that. Just—I've never had knee surgery, but I do not sound—that does not sound fun. It's—it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Other than headlines of that, I guess there was like an article came out today about how like yeah. the band was forced to make was it preseason or halftime? It's it, it was pre-game. preseason, right? It's pregame. pre-game. Yeah, like pre-game. they were
2: two and a half minutes over the allotted pregame time that the Big Twelve gives them, and you know since Big Twelve is such a stickler for enforcing rules when they want to, they, I guess told our, the pride of West Virginia that they have to kind of cut their march, their, uh, yeah. their performance short.
1: Yeah, I guess. And I guess like the band came out and said, like, it wasn't really a big deal. My
2: inside source to all band matters said that it's really not a problem.
1: There you go. Insider sources here. This I is mean, what you get on. <laughs> you want to know stuff about <laughs> so, the pride of West Virginia?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I right. might be able to find out for
1: you. <laughs> so, part one is usually where we break down the previous game, but there haven't been... Like, I mean, we can
2: we can break down the Arizona State game if they
1: really want us I to. I mean, if you want to, we could. <laughs> uh, I think we, we probably already did that. In the I think past we've broadcast. done that. But we're going to throw it over now to my interview with Brendan Anthony of the cast. He's going to tell us about his Missouri Tigers, and then we're going to go into part three and really hunker down this game at noon on Saturday. All right. Does that sound good, Bart? Good things. I, good times. I like it. I'm interested to hear what he has to say. All right, well, we're gonna go over there now and stick right with us. Bye, guys. Welcome back to part two of the Smoking Musket podcast. With us to preview West Virginia's noon opener against the Missouri Tigers on Saturday is Brendan Anthony of the Missoula Cast. Brendan hosts the Missouri Tiger theme podcast with Colin Anthony and Brian Goers, and I highly recommend that he just had on Michael Miller from our site. And so we are returning the favor. I believe Brendan joins us from the road which I assume, Brendan, you were actually making your way up to Morgantown, which I congratulate you on that road trip. It's going to be quite the time. You'll see a lot of like moonshine bottles.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear great things about uh, the, the stills in um, Morgantown and around, so I, I can't wait to take the, the uh, moonshine tour.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great time. It's a great time. First off, 2015, a little bit of a rough year for the Missouri Tigers, both on and off the field. Going 5-7, and seven, declining a bull invitation, and ending with head coach Gary Pinkle uh, having to leave his post after 14 seasons due to health reasons there in Columbia. With Missouri hiring from within an anointing defensive coordinator Barry Odom, have you noticed any differences in the program, or has Odom largely kept it the way Pinkle had it?
0: Barry Odom, he really uh, actually overhauled the program quite a bit, uh, even though he's a Gary Pinkle disciple and his first college job came from Gary Pinkle before uh, spending a little time in Memphis and then returning as defensive coordinator. He made a lot of changes in the coaching staff, and we're told he's making a lot of changes to both the offense and the defense here at Missouri. Um, the rumor mill when Barry Odom came back from Memphis was that he saw Missouri as a little bit of a looser ship than when he left, and Gary Pink, or I'm sorry, Barry Odom is kind of a, a, a disciplinarian, and uh, the rumor mill has it that he wanted to get things back on track to where they were before, and so he's done. He's only retained a few of the coaches, but he, he hired on a new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. He maintained the quarterback's coach, but moved him over to the receiving uh, core, so it's going to be a much different look despite having an in-house hire for Missouri, and, and really the Tiger fans are as eager to see what it's gonna look like as I'm sure the West Virginia fans are next week this weekend.
1: Yeah, actually Dana Holgerson was just talking about in his press conference about how it quote sucks to prepare for a new (laughs) coach. So I think we're all looking forward to see what Missouri has to offer here. And most specifically on defense last year, Missouri was top 10 in the country in most defensive categories, including total defense, scoring defense, yards per play, yards per rush, tackles for loss, like pretty much everything you think of, including first in the nation with only allowing around nine yards per completion. Um, what does Missouri do that makes them so dominant on defense?
0: Missouri's benefited the last few years from a fantastic defensive line, and even though uh, the defensive line coach, uh, Greg Kuligowski left to uh, become a coordinator at Miami, the, a lot of that talent remained, and it has benefited from the fact that they've got this reputation now that new recruits coming in want to build on that reputation, and they also see those guys moving right along to the NFL. It's become quite a pipeline. Um, Missouri's defense this year is supposed to stay pretty strong. We've got a lot of returning talent. We lost probably our best defender in linebacker Kentrell Brothers, who graduated last year, but the linebacker core has had a lot of experience to uh, take up where he left off, and then on the line, we've got a uh, five-star recruit last year, Terry Beckner Jr., is coming back as a sophomore who's just lights out and, uh, on the end position. We've got a guy, in Charles Harris, who figures in to play at the same level the guys like Shane Ray and um, Michael Sam have in the last few years. So they are pretty stocked still. Uh, the problem is, of course, we haven't had the same caliber of play last year from our offense.
1: Right, yeah, and I was actually about to get to that. You mentioned Charles Harris who led the SEC in tackles for loss at 18.5 last year on the Nagurski and Benarek Award watch list for nation's best defensive player. I did want to ask you, though, about the losses of Harold Brantley, a senior defensive tackle due to academic standards, and Walter Brady, a sophomore who was dismissed from the team for violation of team rules. Does that hurt the depth of the Tigers' DL, like the defensive line, or is that something that you think just for week one isn't going to hurt much for
0: Missouri? Well, it certainly came as quite a shock this close to the start of the season that those two players who are both figured to be starters would be lost. But honestly, if there was one position that could take a big hit, it would be that defensive line. Uh, Another factor with Brantley and his uh, academic dismissal, was that a lot of the rumor mills said that, uh, you know, of course, Brantley was in a pretty traumatic car accident last year, missed all 2015. And there was a lot of talk that he wasn't recovering very well, and there were question marks as to whether he would be uh, starting again in this season based on that. So he's gone due to the academics. And then Walter Brady, who figured to be on the other side from uh, Charles Harris as the defensive end, he was, uh, he was designated as the starter, but then... We're about three deep at defensive end, and, and so uh, you've got a guy named Marcel Frazier who's going to take his spot, and he played a lot of minutes last year. So even though Brady was a was a strong returner, uh, you know it is a position where they could in- take a couple hits. If that had been at the offensive line, we'd be in real trouble because we're thin there already. But at the, and on the defense, we're hoping that it, you know it'll be something that we'll manage to get through.
1: Right. And so, listeners, we're here with Brendan Anthony of the Mazzoncast here on the Smoking Musket Podcast. We are previewing West Virginia's noon kickoff against the Missouri Tigers here on Saturday. And so moving on to the offense, understanding Missouri's defense is fantastic. You were just mentioning how the offense, not quite stellar. Uh, last year they were one hundred and twenty-six. Out of 127 teams in the NCAA, averaging about 13.6 points per game. Drew Locke had to start as a true freshman, which did not go particularly well after the whole Matty Mock scenario. So now offensive coordinator Josh Eupel joins his staff, and everyone's expecting pretty decent things from him. He has quite a history of very productive offenses. So what has been the tune coming out of camp for the offense this year?
0: Well, that's the real question, Mark, and it all starts and stops at that offensive line. We had one of the worst offensive lines in college football last year, and that destroyed the passing game. It destroyed the running game. You know, the receivers were young. Our quarterback was dismissed or suspended for most of the year due to – rules and fractions that we later found out to be lots and lots of love of cocaine. And, uh, now, and so we started a true freshman and drew Locke, and then we had gave him absolutely no time to make decisions with our terrible offensive line. So there's been, a, we have a new offensive line coach, a new offensive coordinator, and we have a whole lot of new personnel. We don't know if they're going to be any better, but I think if there's any optimism, it's just because they can't do any worse. You know, you, you mentioned how good the defense is, have been compared to how bad the offense has been. And, you know, there was a lot of talk last year that if we even had just a remotely competent offense, we would have had a pretty productive winning season. I mean, we played a lot of close games. I think we lost to Georgia like 9-6, to six, a baseball score. had yeah. any offense, we win that game. We, we, were, um, we were very close with Florida, who had a resurgent year last year. And then our defense eventually tired out because the offense kept them on the field so long. You know, we, Drew Locke, so a year older. We got a we got a, a transfer from Alabama on the receiving core, and a guy named Chris Black that we're hoping will add some experience to the receiving core. And you know, the, the offense was so bad last year that any improvement, you know, there there we expect that there will be has to be improvement just by law of averages. So if the defense stays up to snuff, if we, we're hoping that uh, just a little bit more experience, a new strategy with our coaching staff, and, and just, you know, like I said, the law of averages kicking in. We're going to be a little bit better. But, that, right. but that's all speculative because we haven't seen anything.
1: Yeah, and I remember actually watching that offense. I was watching the UConn game last year uh, at a restaurant, and it was probably the one point in maybe like two or three times in my life I wanted to take the fork and stab myself in the eye. That's how bad that game was. You might have actually been there.
0: But man, as a virtual
1: oh, fan, that game was awful.
0: That was our season last year, and we talked about it on our last show and how you know there just there was no excitement. There was nothing, you know, the great thing about college football is we're chomping at the bit for games to start, and there was nothing to hang our hat on last year. You talk about the UConn game. I mean, we had fork wounds all over our body from last season. It was brutal <laughs> for this whole season long.
1: All right, so going into this year, you know, fresh new start, new head coach, good defense. Hopefully a new offense. You're coming into Morgantown. Considered a tough place to play. The Tigers have been to a tough few tough places on their own. Missouri looks to be around 11.5 to 10-point underdog, according to Vegas, in Week 1. How do you see this game going? Do you have any predictions for us?
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, the smart money is clearly on West Virginia pulling out this win. I hear a lot of people talking about a, you know, maybe a touchdown win for West Virginia. You know I'm trying to be, maintain a spirit of optimism. I think that you know with the new coaching staff, Barry Odom is trying to maintain this element of surprise and uh, he hasn't he only released his, his depth chart just yesterday. So I think the Tigers are going to be a little bit more of a handful than maybe West Virginia expects, just given the fact that the defense is still as good as last year for, in all likelihood. And I think that there is going to be a renewed vigor in this program that we didn't see last year. I think, you know, Gary Pinkle was, was kind of, uh, you know, the talk was he was kind of coasting a little bit. He's near the end of his reign. So I'm going to say I'm, if Missouri does win, it'll have to be a very low scoring game in all likelihood. So I'm going to say 17-14. And that is not something to put any money on. That is just me being a fanboy and having high hopes. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm going to go with.
1: Perfect. Well, we're picking against you, too, so no problem with that.
0: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I wouldn't blame you.
1: All right, man. Have a safe trip. We'll talk to you whenever we're planning our return trip to Columbia 2019. How's that sound?
0: That sounds great. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All
1: right, guys. That was Brandon Anthony of the MizzouCast, and we are going to take a break before moving on to Part 3, where Bart and I will give you a full preview of the Mountaineers matchup on Saturday. So stick around. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Threwing
2: mountains, shining down the river All my friends there, pooling on those streets Younger than
0: the mountains, pooling like a
1: breeze Boggars, welcome back to part three of the Smoking Musket podcast We want to thank again Brandon Anthony of coming on of the Mzogcast it takes me a little bit dark. like. I always have to like warm myself up before I actually say that. But I want it
2: to be a cast, too.
1: Yeah, well, you know,
2: Mizzoucast is actually sounds better. Press pretty good. But
1: yes, so Saturday, September third, two thousand sixteen at noon, West Virginia hosts Missouri Tigers in Molly Pitcher Stadium, in Morgantown, West Virginia. West Virginia is depending on where you see, where you look, whatever. They're between an eleven and a half and ten point favorite. Uh, over under is around 50 and a half. So what's the math there? 31 21
2: would be just fine or 31 yeah. to 20 31 21 ish. Yeah, is that right? Yes. That sounds right. Yeah.
1: 31 20 Look, something like that. Look, you have
2: a degree in engineering. Yes, okay. I do. <laughs> I went yeah, for so writing. Yeah, so that things. means like
1: the, the score is looking around like 31 20 ish, something like that. Um, to break down a little bit of last year, we already talked about with him, but we're just going to do it again anyway. Uh, Missouri Tigers 5-7 and seven last year in 2015, 1-7 and seven in the SEC. They lose head coach Gary Pinkle. They add their already defensive coordinator and now head coach Barry Odom. They also add offensive coordinator Josh Heupel who was at OU for about forever, and then he made Utah State's offense good. Now he's supposedly going to make Mizzou's offense good, supposedly.
2: And so the hard part for, I think, Missouri fans this season particularly, the 2015 season, was they had been surprisingly really good since entering the SEC. They went to two SEC championship games in a row.
1: That's right. If you
2: remember that aside, I think that the five and seven season was a real letdown from what they had been, what they had expected themselves to be at.
1: Right. But the whole thing with Matty Mock going down and him <clears throat> not right. exactly acting correctly. And then just, I don't know, a lot of things went bad for them last year, including the significant I don't know racial tensions in the locker room, along yes. with throughout the entire campus. You can read on. You can read about that wherever you'd like to online. But man, there was just some ugly games for Missouri last year. Them beating Connecticut at home nine to six, them losing to Georgia six to nine. Like
2: <laughs> they lost to Vanderbilt three to ten.
1: That is tough. But <laughs> that,
2: that is brutal. Yeah. It, but then they throw some wins in there. Like they beat um, they beat BYU last year. That's right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. They beat a really bad South Carolina team, but they looked good against a really bad South Carolina team. I mean, but at the end of the day, I think any Missouri fan who isn't completely looking through rose-colored glasses will tell you that their biggest problem was they couldn't score.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were, what, like one – there were 126 out of 127 teams in scoring offense.
2: Yeah. So um, I don't know if people are good at statistics out there. That's not good. That's not great. <laughs> The most points they ever scored in a game were 34, which isn't bad, but that was against Southeast Missouri State. Right. Uh, SEMO not known for football.
1: No, not great. So, So, yeah. yeah. So, as we pretty much have already said, Mizzou, great, great defense, awful, awful offense. The big question is, if we're ever going to see if Drew Locke is actually progressing, or any of the offensive weapons for Missouri is progressing then the offensive line has to be better than terrible. Because, I mean, like, obviously you always hear about this in football. If you do not have an offensive line, then everything else falls, falls apart. You can't rush, you can't pass, you can't do anything. And so Missouri wasn't even really able to show off any of their weapons, even if they did have weapons last year, because their offensive line was so bad. So they went and fired their OL coach. They hired another one. They got a new offensive coordinator. So the assumption is anything is better with it than what they had last year. And we will see if they have anything in the bag because they weren't able to use any of it last year. Well,
2: and I think that's the question is we, we don't know. I don't know because I'm not, I'm, I'll admit, I don't study Missouri football, but from what I watched last year, I didn't see any real potential. I mean, even their three wins that they had at the beginning of the season were all against competition that was at best, Bad. I mean, they beat Semo, Arkansas State, which Arkansas State is a decent Sun Belt team, but still a Sun Belt team, and right. Connecticut. I mean, their other two wins were South Carolina, which not a good team, and the. I mean, their best performance arguably would have been the BYU game, which is great. But I mean, you're telling me that out of their five wins, one of those is actually a quality win? Yeah. I don't know if there how much potential is actually there cuz it's and again it's not like they put up a whole bunch of numbers in one or two games. Their best output was a 34-point game against Southeast Missouri State.
1: Right. Well, I mean there is from what I understand is that they actually do recruit pretty well, well and, and also on offense yeah. too. And so like the assumption is I mean there's those stars have to go somewhere. And so right. They have to be at least a little bit decent. So there's no way of us being able to predict this until we see it on Sunday or on Saturday, which is exactly what Dana Holgerson was saying earlier, especially with the fact that they have a new coach, they have a new offensive coordinator. West Virginia has been going back and looking at old OU tape to see what Josh Heupel usually does, but it is completely impossible to see what he's going to do because he has not been the offensive coordinator one day during a game for Missouri. Very hard to prepare for.
2: I think the the most comparable will be the OU offense because OU and Missouri they they're more likely to want to try to run the ball first before mm-hmm. passing it. Missouri is going to have athletes similar to Oklahoma,
1: right?
2: Because of the way they recruit, they are a top choice school for recruit for recruits in Missouri for recruits in that area. And, I mean, I know that they're and. Being in the SEC, they're recruiting the entire, you know, Florida, Georgia, Texas. They're recruiting a, a wide base. So plus, getting... I mean, they
1: also have Kansas City and St. Louis, which is right, not, exactly. like, not areas to scoff at.
2: No. So, you know, from the two metropolitan areas they have in their their state, plus the states that they have, based on their conference and geographic location, they should have talent. But we don't know what that potential for that talent is. Right. Because we it, it wasn't easily seen last year. Um, now... The, the, the one thing that I will say about their offensive line is that you've got experience now yeah they're returning I mean I think they have maybe one from what I can tell from their depth chart and everything I think only their left tackle position which is not the best position to have to return to have a, a completely new starter but that's the only position they have a new starter it seems like everyone else has at least a, 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 a one year letter winner. That position. So, that that in itself is a positive if you're looking at it from a Missouri standpoint, is that you have guys across the board that are experienced, and hopefully that will help. But you also have to factor in they're dealing with a whole new offense as well.
1: It's true. And plus, like, I mean, that offensive line that we were talking about does have to deal with Darian Howard, Christian Brown, and your boy, Bart. Noble Yes, of course. And so. But but yeah, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this is also going against the defense that we're not completely one hundred percent sure about either. Right. I mean, losing eight out of your eleven starters and plus two very significant guys that came off the bench and played like tons of like plays for West Virginia last year. This offense is gonna be going against probably the weakest part of West Virginia's team, but the offensive line, which is by far the weakest part of Missouri's offense, is going against our best part of our defense, which is the front three.
2: Honestly, that might be the best part of the team as a whole is our front three because I think we kind of know what to expect from them. Our best squad. I think
1: the offensive line is probably our best position. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, okay. I will. I will qualify it with this. Right now, going into this game, I think our off, our defensive line is best. I think you know we we're missing a few pieces on the off or a, a piece right. on the offensive for line
1: for various reasons. Yeah. <laughs> for
2: Stupid reasons, but <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think that defensive line is going to give some people some fits and I think we could see that against the Missouri team.
1: That will be an interesting matchup. Of course, obviously whenever we skip over to the defense for Missouri, um, we've already told you how good they are. Charles Sims is, er, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, Charles Harris, not Charles Sims, Charles Harris who is the D end for Missouri. He's fantastic. He probably should have went to the pros last year, but he decided to come back, which is very unfortunate for the Mountaineers, and yeah. particularly Scholar Howard. But it will be interesting to see how exactly West Virginia's left tackle, Yanni Kajust, does against him. And Dana Holgerson was saying today this is the best front that he has probably ever seen. So that could be a Coach Speak, which Dana Continue, sometimes does that, but that's, I mean, I will take it at least this is a very, very good defensive line it might be one of the best we see all year.
2: Period. This is, this very well could be the best he's seen as a head coach. That's fair. I, I think what, what makes Missouri tough is they do play a 4-3-3, so they're coming at you with four uh, defensive linemen, which might be beneficial if you're a passing-heavy team because you can exploit you know, three men in the linebacking core but I can't tell you what type of offense Dan is going to try to lean to this year. I would imagine he's going to go back to his passing game, but I do know that he is going to still want to try to run the ball significantly, you know, significant plays in this, in this season. And if we struggle to establish a run, we will struggle to score points, which is what right. Missouri did. If you look at SEC football as a whole, and especially the teams that they played, I mean, they were teams that liked to run the football. Yeah. and they didn't give up a whole lot of points because they were able to stop people from running the football.
1: For sure, yeah. And I think one thing that is probably going to happen is that I assume Drew Locke is probably going to throw one interception.
2: Well, probably. you also might want to assume that Skylar Howard. I would also assume Howard is going to throw also one interception. Going to throw
1: <laughs> an interception. So, I—I I mean, I'm going to say th- this. This is a tough one because I assume West Virginia is going to be able to get some yards, yeah. but. If Mizzou has improved on offense, then they're probably at least going to be... The best they could probably be is as good as we are on defense. Right. And so that, you would assume, would probably net out. And well, like equal out a little bit. So the yeah. question would be, how good is our offense compared to their defense? And it's tough to say because... When was the last time West Virginia gets went against a good defense like this? And two, when was the last time Missouri faced an offense like ours? I guess it would be Ole Miss last year. Did they even play Ole Miss last year? Uh, they didn't no. They did not play Ole Miss last year. No. Uh, so, probably
2: the most... They did play Mississippi State, and that might be the most... I don't know. Florida kind of was... No, not after... They didn't this is very tough to career.
1: do. This is very um, hard to, like...
2: They did play Tennessee last year. And that Josh might be Josh. the best between Tennessee and Mississippi State, those teams play the most like West Virginia, the fact that they do try to play with a little bit of tempo. They try to throw the ball and spread you out. But they do also like to run the ball. Both of those games were losses for Missouri.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I feel like we're not going to get very far in just kind of like wild speculation. So I think we win... Against Missouri, I feel like, like I was saying before, for all of the things that we lose, we lose on defense, I feel like their offense is probably not great, and so it will at least even out to the point, or to the point where West Virginia might have a slight advantage on that side of the ball for that matchup. And then, I have no idea how amazing Mizzou's D is supposed to be. I think we largely only lost Wendell Smallwood. While that is a big loss, I feel like... Uh, Rochelle Shell is probably more than capable of stepping in there and doing just fine. I think the wide receiving core has had a year to improve, get more experience, mature. You would assume they would be able to break some plays off, hopefully. I would assume Schuyler Howard um, has probably improved with another year, gained some chemistry, and I would assume that puts West Virginia over, in fact, they there at home. And it's a home opener and all that stuff. I don't know if we win by 10, but I will say that we win by a touchdown.
2: I think that's fair. All right. I mean, I really think that we are at least a touchdown better than Missouri. I think so, too. And I don't think, I mean, Mountaineer fans, first off, I don't think we're going to, like, I don't expect this to be a blowout. We might be trailing going into the fourth quarter, but I think our offense is at least of a quality that it can put together touchdowns when needed. Yeah, like... I think that it might be tied. We might be slightly ahead going into the fourth quarter. I think we win in the fourth quarter. Now, two things that, I, or one thing that I do think needs to be said about this game is that Josh Lambert is not kicking in this game. Correct. So I'm not saying Mike Molina is not a great kicker, but I don't know if Mike Molina is not a great kicker or not <laughs> <laughs> because he hasn't kicked in a meaningful game. The last game he he actually kicked in was Towson, so. Let's not leave it up to a field goal to decide it. That's all I'm
1: saying. Good call. I think we pretty much beat this horse to death whenever it comes to this Mizzou game. Uh, I'm excited for it, though. I'm excited I think think this honestly is going to be a good game to watch. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to the rest of the Big 12. Baylor plays on Friday against Northwestern State. K-State travels to Stanford on Friday as well. Oklahoma is playing Houston in Houston at Energy Stadium at noon. Oklahoma State plays Southeast Louisiana. Um, but by the way, I think Baylor wins. Kansas State loses. Oklahoma wins. Oklahoma State wins. Kansas beat Rhode Island. Iowa State. Beats Northern Iowa. I like your note who is saying not basketball. Hey, if call. it were
2: basketball,
1: I That would be a hell of a game. That, that
2: would be a great game. <laughs>
1: um, TCU is going to beat, uh, is it San Diego? Or, is, or no, they're playing the Jackrabbits of South Dakota, Dakota State. State. Watch out. That's all I'm saying. Jackrabbits, Jackrabbits. baby. Hey,
2: you know who uh, notched a win over a Division I FCS team last, or FBS team
1: last year? South Dakota State. South Dakota State. You know who they beat? <laughs> Oh, it was Kansas, right? It was it was Kansas. That's Kansas' own fault. South Kansas State's legit. Um, <laughs> I'm not, Texas I'm not Tech, saying they're not legit. <laughs> I hope Texas Tech beats the hell out of Stephen F. Austin, and Texas is going to lose Notre Dame on Sunday. And yeah. Then, yeah.
2: Um, uh, everyone's kind of like worried about Notre Dame because they have people suspended or injured and everything, but then I kind of want to say Texas still Texas. doesn't know what it is yet. That's true. They're going to beat Texas. Uh, I, I kind of I basically agree with you on every game. I, Kansas State, Stanford will actually be an interesting game. Oklahoma at playing. Okay, so Oklahoma is playing Houston in the big football stadium they have down there. Not Houston's on campus stadium. Just so everyone's clear, that's the big one's NRG Stadium. That's where the Texans play. So because of that, Houston wins or uh, Oklahoma wins if it were in their little forty thousand seat uh, TDEC stadium or whatever it is then Houston might have a better chance.
1: Nice. Um, Last two. Liberty is playing Virginia Tech. So go Flames. And Villanova is playing Pitt. Go Wildcats. That's
2: right. Uh, Listen, they've got some momentum going for basketball
1: season, right? That's true. Hopefully Jay Wright is going to be able to coach. Can Jay Wright coach football? (laughs) Villanova (laughs) over the Pitt Panthers. I think we have beaten this horse completely to death. I have talked about Missouri as much as I can. We don't know anything yet. It's been fun. I don't know what this else to say, Bart.
2: Look, we get to watch football, real live college football, for our team, in about three days. That's all right. That's that's all that matters.
1: Well, this is going to come kind of come out on Thursday, so two days. Two days for you, listener. So. I'm David Smith. Go on to Smoking Musket and read and enjoy everything. Thank you. Thank you so much for downloading. Please go on iTunes and rate us, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, and like us on Facebook. Bart, do you have anything to say to the lovely, lovely people as we finally get some sleep because we have been working nonstop for the past, like, month trying to get ready for this season?
2: Uh, If you're going to the game... Wear gold. It is a gold rush.
1: Yes! I don't know how I didn't mention that. I'm sorry. It's a gold rush against Missouri. Also, Friday is College
2: Colors Day. And not that you probably need any prompting, but wear your old gold and blue Absolutely. to work or wherever. And if you have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, take a picture of you and your family. Post it with hashtag College Colors Day and hashtag HailWV. And Send to us. Send it to us on the musket. We'll be glad to, you know, put it on our fan shots. You can post it yourself if you want. Buckshot. Sorry, that's what we're calling them now. Enjoy college football. Yeah, it's back.
1: Final. Praise be to Jesus. Good times. All right. Have a good week. Enjoy all the tailgating. If you come to Morgantown in the I don't know, whatever, Texas or something, we'll, we might, I don't know, hang out tweet us or something like that tweet us your game day picks too bye. absolutely all right thank you very much thank you again for downloading and lastly bye buddy hope you find your dad let's go mountaineers see ya. bye see you next week